Hey everybody, it's Jacob from that time we woke up in a podcast and had to explain manga, our heated adventures overanalyzing manga we find interesting, otherwise known as the OverMangaCast. Well, not quite this time. As our ill-titled revisit month has shown, the crew has had a lot going on lately. And as the resident hermit, I don't actually understand this whole having a life thing. So this week, Jay and I finally found the time for that secondary podcast we were talking about in episode 8, about how great the ensemble cast of My Hero Academia is. So with that, enjoy the simp. I mean, enjoy the show. Here is another episode of Over Manga Cast, or should I say an adject episode or a filler episode? Or This week, uh, we've basically got the uh, Over Simp Cast because we're going to be talking about how great Class 1A from Hirawaka is. As if you need any convincing, everyone. <laughs> Look, there are some people out there who shockingly have not experienced Hirawaka yet, and we need to explain why they're wrong. Okay. <laughs> So, where should we start then? I I feel like uh, starting with our main character is a perfectly fine place to start. Izuku Midoriya, aka Deku, an absolutely spectacular protagonist. He's one of those characters that, like, the entire story is basically built around him. For something like that to work, uh, the, the character has to be eminently charming. Thank goodness he is. He's such an enjoyable character to interact with, even, you know, from the other side of a, uh, of a manga page. Um, he's just the kind of person that you want as, like, a friend in your life, you know? Yeah, and he also kind of, I don't know if I referenced this in the episode, but he also seems like that character who would have been developed. I don't want to say if one of one of our viewers or say one of us were to be reimagined into a manga protagonist because he also has the clarity to kind of see how, in a sense, he is. I don't want to say a meme, but he is the quintessential protagonist. He's not so plucky and so un, unassuming, I would say. He's genre savvy, like he he understands. And I think that's actually one of the sort of important elements of Deku as a character, because um, one thing that I ha I do believe has come up a few times in some of the stuff that we've, you know, talked about, not just Deku, but like how he relates to other characters like Tanjiro. One of the cool things about Deku is that like he's not a pushover either, because like a really sweet, nice character can grate on you if it's pushed too far. But man, Deku has teeth. Like when he when he needs to put his foot down, he does. And that's a that's a really important character trait for him. But not only that, he also takes a very a, a very distinct role of in certain series, it is a distinctive role of the protagonist to quote unquote inspire others, those around him. And mm -hmm. he does do a great job of doing that, I believe. Interaction, I think, is with Todoroki and with Bakugo. It's sort of interesting insofar as uh, the way that Hirawaka, like, frames it. You know, we've mentioned many times it's a series that wears its tropes on its sleeve and for the better. And, like, that aspect of inspiration, like, they're superheroes. The reason they wear costumes and have funny names and whatnot is specifically to inspire people. Deku leans into that in such a wonderful way. Mm -hmm. I think actually, now that I'm thinking, you know, like I've, I've, you know, been saying Deku is his name a couple of times. I think another thing that's important about Deku that's a really, really cool character trait is um, that he uses the name Deku. 
which is mm-hmm. it you know the is a the derogatory re- his bully name essentially and he says no i'm not gonna let it get i'm not gonna let it disparage me or i'm not gonna let it you know be something that i'm going to throw away i am deku it was an insult but now i embrace it that is my identity and i'm proud of it the dub did a good job of smoothing this little bit of linguistics over um, because the original origin for that I learned from the manga and from people talking about this. Um, Izuku's first name can be uh, written with the same characters as Deku, which I believe means loser. Jay, you might know better than me. I mean, that's what the explanation in the manga was, that Is, was given, okay. but like... Dekiru and Deku, like my my gaijin um, information yeah. is basically that that's just the that's the verb to to do. So I guess I was a little confused by that because it's basically like for my interpretation, it's saying that he can do. Well, that's that's actually the cool thing, because um, when uh, Ararika later on um, is talking uh, to Deku about you know, Bakugo's nickname for him. Her comment is that sounds like uh, that sounds like the phrase for you can do it. Yeah. Um, and that's that's part of the reason why Deku is able to like reclaim the nickname in a way. Yeah. And again, this could just be because, you know, I've very limited, limited, limited over the yeah. top cultural skimming. But it's just like I was right. kind of confused and I'm like, so you gave him a nickname that basically is the verb to do. I'm yeah. like, that sounds very counterintuitive. <laughs> <laughs> well, it will, we'll get to Bakugo. Uh, Bakugo! His relationship with Deku is also such an important thing, but that's sort of like the, the fun aspect of it is there's two ways you can, there's two ways you can interpret the name Deku, one positive and one negative, and that sort of crowning moment of Deku is a sign of how far I've uh, grown because that's you know, it means the good thing now. Yeah, but I mean, it's kind of like All Might. Mm. All Might, you know, could be used as like, oh, you're no brains, you're All Might. No brains, all brawn. Or you could say, you know, All Might could be... Oppressive. Yes. So, I mean, that's kind of how I viewed it, where it was just kind of like, oh, you're just Deku. It's just kind of like useless. I'm like, is this, oh is yeah, this that's what it is. Deku Deku means useless. Uh, I, again, I have you know a similar like secondhand osmosis of this stuff because it was mentioned. The original context was um, uh, Deku meaning two different things depending on the way you read it. Yeah, and so I was very confused because I um, I don't know I don't recall in the manga if they did. Re- you know, reveal the kanji because the kanji probably would have given me a little bit more insight of, you know, mm. the joke. I, guess. I think I think it was I think it was like one panel because it's moved past very quickly. It's sort of the interesting thing of um, having mentioned in the, the full episodes we've done on Hiroaka that um, like me and Sam know the uh, story from the anime first and then started delving into the manga for the podcast. Like, obviously, the linguistics gets taken out of it. You know, it's one of those moments where it's like it's really hard to translate that aspect. But um, I mean, like the the really nice thing is the intent behind it all is very obvious. And it comes through the ways that the characters interact with each other. You know, the way that Deku interacts with Araraka in that moment, but also 
the way that uh, he interacts with Bakugo. Unless you have something else about Deku, that might be a good transition into uh, our favorite rage puppy. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I do not have anything anything additional to add about our, our favorite boy, Deku. But we'll go into <laughs> one of my second favorite characters, <laughs> Katsuki Bakugo, our rage puppy. Lord Explosion Murder. <laughs> Lord Explosion Murder. I'm I see. Just, I would love to do a further screening of, so why do you want to be a hero? <laughs> hero. Not a villain. I mean, because I mean, he does, he does, uh, to be fair, he does kind of divulge more into why he's motivated to become a hero. And, you know, he does able, he is able to solidify his position as a hero versus you know someone who would be more adversarial later on but you know in the episode mm. the fact that he kind of chooses some very antagonistic shocking language they're like are you sure you're right class yeah and and that is that is one of the great things about bakugo we haven't done an episode on this arc yet but there will be a point later where the villains are like hey you should join our side you're you have exactly the same mentality we do and that Actually, I mean, many things do, but that pisses off Bakugo a lot because the thing is, he's so aloof. He and I mean this in the best way. He's so like a little rage pup. He's so <laughs> aloof that people are able to kind of insert or put on to him whatever they're interpreted by his yeah. actions and words. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't care to explain himself. Yeah. So it's kind of like. I mean, if you introduced yourself as Lord Explosion Murder, I'd be like, oh my gosh, this guy's going to kill me. He's like, no, I promise I'm a hero. It's like, the, why would you say that? The, the really cool thing about that, all that, though, is he's such an excellent illustration of the issues with society because like the the reason he is the way he is is because, and like we see in the flashbacks, when his quirk manifested, Everyone praised him for his strength and like everybody idolizes All Might, who is the strongest hero. And Bakugo wants to save people. He wants to help people. He wants to stop bad things from happening. It's just the context of the way that the series or I shouldn't say the series, the context of the way that that world works, because like part of the series is let's tear down this screwed up system mm -hmm. is that obsession with pure raw strength the ability to force your will upon others is really what his character flaw is but like at the same time like you know he is he does intend to do good things and he'll do some really like awful nasty things but um you know, there there are more than a few cases where like his anger is justified when people are when All Might and Deku keep telling him, no, I've had the quirk all along. Don't worry about it. Like you can kind of understand why he loses his temper because they're not, ex you know, they're not explaining to him. I love I love that he and again, this is pointed out to me, so I can't take credit for noticing this. But like, I love that, like when he's told King Explosion Murder is wrong, he like downgrades himself to Lord Explosion Murder because <laughs> not zeroing on on the part that's actually worrisome. <laughs> he's missing. He's missing what the actual point is. One of the best parts about Bakugo that makes him like such an engaging character, because like it would be so easy to hate Bakugo if he wasn't as well written as he was. 
Well, that's why it took me so... Well, it took me a minute to warm up to him, and I'm just like, oh, he is a sweetie. <laughs> he just doesn't know how to express it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, like, he's he's an intelligent person, you know? Yes. Like, But that's where we kind of go into... He is... in, And I hate using... Like, if it makes sense. Say so you're intellectually intelligent. He's very strategically intelligent. Maybe not emotionally intelligent. Oh, he's very much so not emotionally intelligent. And so like, it's that's... kind of like, you know, if someone was emotionally intelligent, they probably would have been like, oh, it's it's not, you know, the king versus Lord. It's, you know, the murder. It's the murder part. <laughs> like, it's not even explosion. It's the murder part. Like, explosions are his power. King, that's perfectly fine. King explosion. King explosion, man. Great. But like, uh, again, it's it's very much the case where pure power is the only thing that has been and like um to a large extent bakugo specifically in the way that he was you know it's like all of the like the teachers in his kindergarten were telling him about how amazingly powerful his quirk was and therefore you are amazing um you know like one of the one of the most um telling lines is um like he's thinking back on this during his uh first fight with deku in in that uh early on training arc and like he thinks to himself i'm just amazing and everyone else just isn't it's just kind of the overconfidence that was you know just instilled yeah. in him at such a young age and not really it's no one no one came in to temper that and say you know strength is good but maybe you know not being so ham-fisted and pushing everything aside and being so destructive up front is good in every situation you know maybe apply this rage apply this power in only certain circumstances but you need to allow other aspects of your personality to grow and and that's what keeps him from being hateable because again like he he doesn't literally say kill yourself deku but he gets really close to that very early on and it's like deku distracts from his praise so he's like why is everyone praising De i was mm -hmm. this i'm strong and i get all the praise why is deku getting praise i get the praise because it, yeah because bakugo is stronger therefore he should get all the attention yeah and and it that is what keeps him being a sympathetic character because like bakugo is you want him to be better you know mm -hmm. it's not that you want to see him lose or get his comeuppance you want to see him grow into the person you know he can be and that's such a fine line to uh walk when it comes to a character that does as awful things as bakugo does because think he really even realizes i mean at the time how awful they are because he only sees the end goal and it's like mm -hmm. mm, you can be on top but i mean you can be on top and you'd be very lonely while you're there well and <laughs> even more so you can be on top and not be an asshole about it like yeah like all might literally good example yeah. all might has tons of of fans he has tons of friends good colleagues he gets along great with people he's nice to people yeah you know it really does go to show you know how emphasized quirks are in specifically in heroing but like in society in general you can very much see that bakugo is a good person at heart and therefore you like him it allows him to be as awful as he can be at times without completely losing the audience's uh sympathies but, and, but this is something that I was thinking about as we were reading is because 
of the extremity between Deku and Bakugo, but also the other class 1A characters. The other the other characters seem quite honestly more well-rounded than Bakugo. I'm sure they got a lot of praise growing up, you know, with their quirks. It's really interesting why Bakugo, and I know, and I hope, because I have not, you know, read more into the series or watched the anime, that um, we'll get a little bit more insight on his backstory of why he, you know, demonstrates such... Such extreme tendencies. I think I think think the issue for Bakugo in particular, because like we do know, for example, that like Ida is the way he is because he's part of a bloodline of heroes, for example. And Todoroki is a (laughs) a can of worms we'll get into. Um, But the big thing for Bakugo and the reason why he is the way he is in particular is very much that he was a big fish in a small pond Mm -hmm. that um because everyone else in the entire like neighborhood possibly more so that he and deku grew up in bakugo was had had a quirk that like teenagers would envy mm-hmm. as as a as a knee high i think is a big part of the reason why he is so arrogant because again it's it you know I don't think it's come up in what we've read so far, but there's at least one really great scene. Yeah, I think it's actually after where we read, but um, it's it's a great illustration of the way that Bakugo thinks because when he 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 watches All Might fight some villains, and the thing that Bakugo latches onto is the fact that All Might always wins. <clears throat> And like that's that's the thing that he latches onto, and the fact that whenever Bakugo would have gotten into any kind of physical altercation in his youth, nobody could touch him because he was so powerful, and that kind of gave him the idea that, well, I mean, you know that that quote from before, "I'm just awesome, and everyone else just isn't," you know, mm-hmm. this sort of like inborn, "I'm naturally better than you," therefore. It's an insult that you'd try to fight me, which has a lot to do with his contentious rep, uh, relationship with Deku in particular. Mm-hmm. I wonder, unrelated, I wonder what happened to the rest of, you know, his little group, because it was, you know, it was Bakugo and a couple of his and a couple childhood. Of his friends. Yeah. yeah, we know what happened to one of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's just really interesting, at least for me, not having that back more more background information about Bakugo and kind of what, in addition to the obvious praise he was given for having such a cool and literally explosive power. I mean, Mm. I could understand, you know, everyone feeding into that, but it's just kind of interesting the lack of. Well, I'm going to say it, the lack of real emotional development outside of everyone says I'm the best, so I am the best and I can't be challenged. No one stepped in in his life to tell him that that's not how the world works, which, you know, it it is it is very much the question of it. Is that because that's how everyone's raised? But then there are a lot of really well-rounded. And, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. The rest of, like, they pick up on it immediately. The rest of 1A is like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? <laughs> they, they do point out that <laughs> they do point out that uh, he has problems. His, his friendship with Kirishima is hilarious. Yeah, poor Kirishima, he puts up with that. And it was just like, oh my gosh, you poor, poor baby. <laughs> 
yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, again, me having a bit more knowledge of the series, we do meet Bakugo's parents at some point in the near future and you might be able to largely attribute it to uh like his mom is obviously like a kind you know loving mother that's doing actively raising and everything but i could see how her for lack of a better way of putting it personality quirks may have um unintentionally magnified that particular aspect of him because certainly the way the series is framed is very much um if bakugo ever got into a fight he would win that fight and that's the reason why he always frames things in his mind that way but one benefit to that though is you know he's not the kind of he's not the kind of person to just stop there and just say well i don't need to develop my quirk further he does actively you know work on different different strategies and enhancements to his quirk and how can he better refine it. So that is one attribute that I really want to, you know, kind of give him in that he's not remaining stagnant and not, you know, just sitting back on his laurels, resting on his laurels and saying, well, I'm the best. And obviously my quirk is the best. So I don't need to push myself. I don't need to improve anymore. And I'm the best because I put in the work. Yep. I'm, I am naturally superior and I put in the work. Therefore, anyone who challenges me is a fool and an insult. And thus he gets angry whenever somebody actually, you know, challenges him, especially if they're, you know, capable of, of meeting his level a la Deku and Todoroki. Yeah, which is almost interesting because you could also I've also seen how that character trait can kind of twist itself where he feels it's an insult. But others might be like, oh, it's such an honor for you to be beaten by me. Mm. You know, like he could easily have, have taken it the other way around and been like, oh, it's such an honor, you know, to be that's, able to, to be the one to give you this beat down, isn't it? That's definitely the way he sees Ararika. Um, yes. And I think the big thing in particular is the fact that Deku suddenly has a quirk should be impossible. And I know that the way that bakugo and his internal monologue will phrase it is that he assumes that deku had been hiding his quirk all along and was like mocking him for not using it yeah yeah so he doesn't assume like oh something shady is up he's like whoa you've been holding out on me what's up with that as like a way of like mocking or looking down on you think you're too good for me yeah which, you know, it's it's really sad that they can't just explain to him the situation because, you know, I mean, he doesn't put himself in that he doesn't put himself in that position. And again, that goes back to his emotional intelligence, because mm-hmm. I think, you know, Deku still sees himself and Bakugo, Bakugo with such a really good friendship. He's like, yeah, that's my friend. Bakugo does not say that he's friends with Deku because that's. Deku Deku does still believe that he and Bakugo are friends, whereas as far as Bakugo was concerned, the instant Deku displayed having a quirk, any friendship that they have ever had is now long gone. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, it's, it's one of those moments where it's very understandable from his perspective, but it's also really sad because, like, there's nothing malicious about, there's not a malicious bone in Deku's body. Yeah, and, and just saying, objectively, Deku ends up having more friends than Bakugo. So it's just kind of like maybe you lost one of your oldest friendships, but you got a whole bunch more because yeah. you're not an unstable, you know, rage puppy. <laughs> um, we could also go on to the fact that I know that we um, talked about Araka's fight with Bakugo, but 
we also just have to pull that plug that he shows himself to be a proponent of equality of feminists yeah. because you know Deku is is really he's worried he's like oh no she'll he'll he'll destroy her and you know Bob goes like how dare you that is that is sort of the thing because it's not so much it's not so much Deku who's super concerned about it basically it comes down to Deku is like I will give you your best strategy which is a little bit looking down on Araraka but like her entire her entire character arc in that in that tournament arc was I need to stop relying on my friends. It's okay to have them bolster my strengths as long as I'm carrying my own weight, but I can't just, you know, I can't just, you know, ride on their coattails. Because Bakugo does not express himself, you know, he's not the one to say it. It's Aizawa commentating on the fight who says it. But Bakugo is not holding back because he knows that Araraka is a legitimate hero that is you know, in that stage of the tournament because she is that strong and that good and deserves to be there. Like, you know, he's he's intelligent and he's respectful in his own way. Because, you know, like, he's not exactly the person to, you know, heap praise on someone even if they deserve it. But mm -hmm. someone were to, like, ask him, like, during the fight, do you think I would be taking this seriously if she wasn't worth my time? How dare you? dare you i'm not taking this seriously because she's weak and i'm styling on her i'm taking this seriously because i'm the one who will defeat her and eliminate her from this tournament is is a very like a bakugo mentality <laughs> and i think that actually is a good uh transition into Araraka because mm -hmm. oh boy she's another character who is just absolutely i want to say sorry to bridge fandoms here but she's kind of like the weasley family <laughs> Of, of of this universe because you know her parents they have had quirks they own a business and she's supposed to be you know she comes from a, a family essentially mm -hmm. and is therefore there's so much so much riding so much pressure on her unfortunately you know she's not as well off as the other members of her class yeah she's there she's there to provide because it's like she's she's like middle class but she wants to provide a comfortable easy life for her parents i don't know if she's even like middle class because they express concern about being able to pay the bills hmm. it was either this or she would have to you know take some other take some other path to help support her family so it's not even like they could really I don't know. She really had any other alternative other than she wants to be a hero because there's the potential to, as you said, provide a better life. But as it is, you know, the status quo is not working for their family as it is. Yeah, it's well, I mean, it's one of those funny situations where it's like they run a construction company. You'd think that would be doing gangbusters in a superhero universe because they'd be yeah. rebuilding the city every other week. But Araraka is a really cool character because in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, she's very much the stereotypical girl character. But to have a have a character in the modern day, you kind of like, especially if you have like a very basic standard character, you've got to do something to subvert it. I think that the ways that they subvert Araraka's character are really clever and um, built into her character and the world in a smart way. Because, you know, there's things like, well, why did you want to be a hero? And she just completely shamelessly says, for the money. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yes, she's doing it for the money because she wants to live easily and happily. But she also wants to do it for her parents as well. So it's one of those ones where it's like, 
she's not in the heroing business for a completely all might esque self sacrifice thing. It's a it's to lift her entire family up with her. It's not just I want to I want to profit. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, think about why Deku wants to do it. Deku wants to do it for like very like He wants to do good. He wants this he wants to do it for his community for He'd do it for free. Like Deku would do it for free. Whereas Araraka is totally doing it for the money. It's not a matter of it being greedy. She wants to live happily and comfortably, but she also wants her entire family to live happily and comfortably, which is a really clever way of having like, you know, little Miss Sweetness have this character quirk of of her motivation being money and yet also, you know, really endearing in its own way. Her um, delving into the more combat aspects of... Uh, superheroing her fight with Bakugo incites her to uh, work with Gunhead to develop her hand-to-hand combat skills because she really needs those you know and she becomes a really competent fighter (laughs) which is you know you don't expect Little Miss Sweetness to do that you know you would think that she would just be a rescue hero but no she's she wants to be well-rounded yep like her face (laughs) yes like her face (laughs) she's so freaking cute i love her all right jacob you're showing your bias (laughs) okay wait no 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 my bias my bias is yaurozu but speaking of which um yaurozu another strong female um character um her quirk if i remember incorrectly is being able to synthesize um material um i want to say elements in her body to create it's it's specifically that she can convert the fat in her body into okay i don't think that where we had read to that's mentioned or i don't even know if it's mentioned in the anime as far as i've watched i just know that from or no i think actually it's in a later uh sequence in the uh, anime where they do explain explicitly but it's it's specifically the lipids in her body and uh she needs to know the um molecular composition of the thing that she's making yeah, and I think that's where I got the minerals. So it's just kind of like if perhaps if you were trying to replicate the molecular structure of, say, a sword or a knife or something, that's kind of where I'm just like, wouldn't you need to have a certain amount of iron or mm. low grade metals in your, in your system to be able to? Why does Nita have engines in his legs? Corks don't have to make sense. We'll get to that. If we (laughs) do, that's like the top one. Why? How? Okay. But, um, yeah, Yaoyorozu, that's another case where, you know, when you you know, you mentioned strong female character because it's like that's the sort of thing where it's it's something that's been tried a number of times. And there's a lot of cases where, like, when handled poorly, that can be a really obnoxious, patronizing character. And it's sort of funny because Yaoyorozu is a surprisingly unconfident person. You know, to be walking around in the middle of a battlefield without a top on. But <laughs> there are more important things going on, guys. <laughs> that, is, that is a great through line with her character where everyone is shocked that she's just like taking her top. Because it's like um, uh, to make something, she has to have exposed skin. So it's like, this is just how my quirk works. You guys are weird. You guys are weird, not me. <laughs> <laughs> 
but um like you know it's it's sort of like the stuff with um Todoroki during the final exam like that's that's definitely where a lot of Yaoyorozu's character gets really well established because up to that point she's really just like you know she's just a genius in the class that uh you know like Ida is actually like ooh (laughs) they they go toe-to-toe a lot yeah when they were I think they were running against each other for a class isn't it yeah I yeah the, the sort of funny moment where um Ida's like I'll vote for Deku because I believe in him and this definitely won't backfire <laughs> very much the case where like Yaoyorozu in a lot of ways is sort of like a, a traditional Japanese feminism and her, like she lacks the the confidence to assert herself but like she is capable she asserts herself in the heat of battle yeah, and when she doesn't stop to think about it, mm-hmm. that's when she, you know, really shines. It's just her power requires her to do a lot of thinking, which usually ends up stalling her out. Um, and, you know, that that sort of, um, you know, I mean, like, Hirawaka is really good about the, the cast is leaning on it. There are more male characters than female characters, but the story is good about calling out, like, there are like these reflexive biases that, for example, Todoroki has where he's like, OK, I'll, I'll, you know, air quotes, man up in the situation and I'll come up with the plan and we'll do the thing. And doesn't really stop to think about the fact that Yaoyorosu is a better like student than he is at UA. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe listen to her a little bit. Like she's just so freaking cute, man. I, I love Yaoyorosu so much. All right, Jacob, this is taking a turn. I was not expecting <laughs> Look, Aiki Loki Jacob is just crushing on all the female characters. Was not expect expecting this in the slightest. Not entirely <laughs> wrong. I mean, <laughs> you know, you get fun moments like Yaoyorozu being like, uh, when the when the dum dums of the class are concerned, they won't be able to pass the written final exam and it's like, hey Yaoyorozu, could you tutor us? And like she's so happy to help them. <laughs> yeah. And that's 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 a bonus for her because she's not only, you know, not only very capable and has demonstrated such on and off the battlefield and is not only very um, refined, but she's also somebody who's open to sharing. So that's something, you know, that, say, Bakugo would not be open to. (laughs) Yeah, isn't really yet capable of. Yeah, you know, similar to the way that, like, Araraka is, like, sweetness personified, Yaoyorozu is just such a, such a, like, genuinely kind person. In a different way than Deku is in a lot of ways. Because, like, you know, Yaoyorozu is, like, nice personified, whereas, like, Deku is more, you know, like, heroic and inspiring. No matter how many times he is struck down, no matter how many times he is insulted or disparaged, he always rises and says, no, I have a job to do. And this is what I'm what I need to do to accomplish this. And and that's like Deku's strength of character, whereas Yaoyorozu is the type of person who I mean, maybe maybe a little bit similar in the way that like obviously uh, two very different characters, but like the the kind of kindness that Yaoyorozu has is kind of similar to the kind of uh, kindness that Toru Honda from Fruits Basket has where they're they're just so reflexively giving. They don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. Like if you need something and they're capable of providing it, you know, Yaoyorozu will just do that for you the way that Toru is. Yeah, with the added similarity there that, you know, whether Toru really 
can emotionally or uh, emotionally act freely give or whether mm. she's trying to you know soothe some aspect of her own her own pain and yao yorozu you know physically she could be taking something out of, like out of herself that you know she might have to recover or recoup later on because it's literally coming out of her body yeah yeah, there's a um, the the next arc that we will read when we get back to Hiroaka will be the training arc. And Yo Yorosu's training is literally eating cake. It's Eat pretty cake. great. It's training. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the best part. The look on her face says that she's very much not enjoying it. <laughs> it's really great because there is such a thing as too much cake. But uh... <laughs> can't wait. All right, so who will be next? Should we move on to another fan favorite, or should we move on to a lot of the a lot of the smaller characters kind of have a lot of the same things can be said about them. So I feel like I feel like the next big one is Todoroki. Yeah. And like, boy, <laughs> he's my bias. And I'm <laughs> Oh my gosh, I swear. I, like, all of the female fans of Hirohaka have said the same thing. <laughs> and I don't blame them. Uh, I mean, hey, Zuko's a really popular character. I mean, Todoroki's a really popular character. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I've only seen a little bit, uh, a little bit of Avatar, so I can't even... Well, that's the really great thing, because, like, they're... they're Todoroki is such a great character in part because he is such an obvious homage to Zuko without being a ripoff of the character because they're like they are two they are two different characters. It's not like Todoroki is a one for one ripoff because if he were, that would be a problem. You know, it's like they have vaguely similar emotional arcs. They both have a lot of family theming. They both have the scar on the one side of their, you know, over one. I know eye. about the scar, but I'm looking past the scar. I'm like. Mm. Most mostly just his tragic background, which we've you know it's a trope. I know. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it, it's the screwed up dad. In a lot of ways, uh, one of the really cool things about Todoroki, you know, and like especially relative to Zuko, for all of the like brooding bad boyness of him, he's actually very similar to Deku in a lot of ways. Like he he idolizes heroes the same way that Deku does. <laughs> absolutely it's just he's emotionally repressed and all so because and i know they don't harp on it too much but it's largely implied that every time he goes home you know he gets basically um basically reprimanded for showing any type of interest that is not immediately within his father's favor so it's like how many times are you going to get laid out and told don't be your own person do what i want you to do before you just say you know what I'm just going to have to, you know, shut up and not express emotions. Just not express myself. Yeah. And like, that's that's one of the big things about Todoroki that like Hiroaka is great about like not like laying out like its themes and its its messaging uh, like so overtly that it like, you know, it, it leaves things to interpretation. And one of the things that's really important about Todoroki as a character is that he wants to be a superhero because he wants to save people. He wants to be cool. He wants to inspire people to be better. He wants to make the world a better place. That's not what Endeavor his father wants. Mm -hmm. What Endeavor wants is for Todoroki to, to fill a vendetta. Him. To yeah. fill, fill his vendetta. 
So, to fill his personal vendetta against All Might in particular, I can I could imagine a situation where Todoroki is just talking about how cool All Might is, and uh, boy, um, where'd those bruises come from? It's training. That's immediately what I got. I'm just like, wow, Dad, you're so petty that you're literally going to, you know, maybe maybe a little bit of a flattery, you know, is 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 owed here. But I mean, it's just kind of like, I don't know. I have I have feelings that I am struggling to verbalize right now, but it's just kind of petty old man drama. It really is. Petty old man drama. I'm pretty sure All Might does not even, he does not even really think about you other than, oh, right, that Endeavor guy. He's still probably pissed about something that happened like 10, 20 years ago. Like, that's, 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 that's the extent that All Might really dedicates to thinking about Endeavor. Well, the worst part is, the, the worst part of it all is, I don't remember if the manga had this moment too, but I know in the anime there's a moment where All Might and Endeavor talk during the tournament arc, and All Might doesn't even seem to realize Endeavor doesn't like him. <laughs> like, he acts like they're friends. Yeah, and the worst part is I can totally, like, and again, projecting... It, 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 I, I can 100% see that Endeavor will put on this front of I won't express myself because I'm supposed to be the tough guy and I'm supposed to be this hero, but I really hate this guy, but I'll never come out and say it or I won't come out to say that I'm very envious. And, you know, the fact that he seems very nonchalant about everything is is irritating to me. But it, 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 it's kind of like he's the kind of he's the type of man who would rather just sit and fester in his own negative emotions rather than just put it out there and say, I'm sorry, I, I didn't know you feel that way. You know, mm. let's talk about it or let's do something about it. He would just really rather just sit there and and kind of brood about it, fester in it, and then take it back home to his poor, unsuspecting family and be like, can you believe this guy? Oh my, he was acting so proud and confident and it just pissed me off. And it's like, and okay. the thing is, you hit the nail on the head. It's not even that Endeavor particularly hates All Might. He's jealous of him. And the really sad thing is, like, the idea, you know, that um, Endeavor is the type of person who would not say to someone that they hate them and just let those feelings fester until mild dislike or, or you know, something relatively mundane turns into, like, genuine vitriolic hatred is the place where we meet Todoroki when we first meet him in the series. He's the same way at, at that point. And it's um, it's through Deku um, <laughs> being Deku that he's able to uh, bring Todoroki out of his uh, shell to a, a fair extent. You know, Todoroki is still, you know, quiet and introverted, but, you know. Well, because he still has to go home to that, you know, he's still living with Endeavor. Um, a big character moment, though, is, you know, through interacting with Deku that Todoroki makes the decision of, you're right, I don't have to accept my father. And he goes forward and basically tells Endeavor, I, you are my father, but I do not in agree with what what you are doing and what what you are trying to force me into. And I just want you to know that that I hate you, Dad, but I, I still recognize you as my father. That is something that I can't change. You're but, still my father, but I I don't agree with you and I never will. 
Um, and you know, just like that, I feel like there's this weight that kind of, you know, lifts off of Todoroki because unlike Endeavor, you know, if you're forward and honest about your feelings, that weight's not there. Everyone has that under. Yes, you can move forward. You're not holding on to anything anymore. The the outstanding character development that he has, the fact that he is willing to, despite not liking his father and never you know, agreeing with his father and all the stuff that we've mentioned, the fact that he's still like, well, the number two hero wanted me as an intern. So I'm going to learn everything I can from him to better myself because, you know, I've aired out my grievances with him and this is not about that. Yep. Like, you know, without without his interactions with Deku, that wouldn't have happened. And had that not happened, Ida would probably be dead. <laughs> yes. The chain of characters inspiring each other, you know, All Might inspires Deku, Deku inspires Todoroki, Todoroki inspires Ida, and that allowing people to do things that are extraordinary is, you know, really what heroism is at its best. 100%. Uh, which uh, that might be a good transition into Ida, which I think is a really interesting character because despite being one of the main three, other than the stuff with Stain, he hasn't really done much. It's I can't help but notice. No, he's supposed to be the intellectual counterbalance to Yaluyorozu, or Yaluyorozu is supposed to be the intellectual counterbalance to to Ida. I, I think it's the other way around. Ida's really high strung. <laughs> Yes, which is kind of his joke. But like, we also see a bit of the dark side of that when um, he like disassociates. Yes, he approaches things very analytically, mostly because, well, I can't say this for sure, but my interpret my my gut feeling is that because he carries with him the weight of his family, the expectation of Mm. perfection. The, the glimpses that we receive, um, I believe, in the, our second reading. Yeah, it uh, was in part two with the stain stuff. With the stain stuff, yeah. It's believed, well, he essentially is a legacy. So he has that legacy that's that he has to represent. And he also really looks up to the success of his brother. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's actually a really interesting contrast between um, Ida and Todoroki uh, relative to the legacies that they have to uphold, because it's really easy to say Todoroki has more of a legacy to uphold. His father is the number two hero. That's a pretty big deal. But he also 100% realizes that his father is a jerk. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, I have this legacy, but I don't want to be associated with a jerk. So, I mean, he doesn't care. Alternatively... (laughs) And like one of the really nice things about Ida as a character is that he he's very proud of the legacy that he is uh, set to uphold. Like it's because not like his a, family isn't so overtly dysfunctional. Yeah, well, his family, his family, from what we've seen, is all really nice people. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like when the dysfunction outweighs the fact that your legacy, it's kind of like you kind of disassociate from that because you're just like, mm-hmm. heck no, I don't want this dysfunction. Yeah, you want it when when the um, when the family associated with that legacy is attached in your own mind personally with pain, it doesn't matter what that legacy is. You want to distance yourself from it. They could be the god of all things and you wouldn't want to deal with them. You know, we see a lot of uh, the stuff with Ida that being very much the case where um, we see the positive side of how a legacy can be inspiring and all that stuff. 
Um, but then, you know, we get to the stain stuff and um, Ida doesn't handle it well when someone besmirches the name of of the of the Ida family. Tarnishing of his family name? Well, a- avenging his brother was more important than saving someone who was in danger. Mm-hmm. And that's not okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Protecting someone who's in imminent danger is far more important than avenging someone who had previously been hurt or killed. I will say, I I don't know how I feel about letting Ida's brother live because they narratively treat him like he's dead, but they explicitly say that he was just uh, crippled. Because, correct. And they do that on purpose because I believe his brother is no longer able to perform hero duties. Mm. So... They basically say functionally he is dead. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, with the way that society treats people, mm-hmm. like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not condoning this, but I mean, no, yeah, the, but that's... the overall theme of all of this is that there is a system where one, if you don't have a quirk, you are lesser than garbage. You... And if if you can't use it, you might as well not have one. Okay, correct. Yeah. So I mean, it ties in with the overarching theme. Yeah. But as as through these character interactions with class 1A, we're also being exposed to the dysfunction that the society has created through this system, where essentially, you know, we're pushing. It's what creates the Bakugos and the um, Todorokis. And to a large yeah. extent, it's what creates the endeavors of this world. Going by a completely binary metric, it's like, oh, you guys have quirks, so your life should be great, and you should have no complaints, and everyone should be happy and healthy and great. But that's very much not the case. People are not defined by what skills they're born with. You can see, in a lot of ways, the positive intention of the way that society is framed. Because it very much is the case where when people are telling Deku he can't be here without a quirk, it's like if in the real world uh, a paraplegic kid wanted to be a firefighter, maybe don't encourage that. Like that's the that's the reflex that um, people are succumbing to. But it's but, kind of like you're not provided any type of alternative. It's just kind of like you exist in this void. Yeah, and and that's sort of where where the problem lies. And then you see these people who are born with these abilities and they are put on a pedestal and, you know, some of them can handle the pressure, some of them can't. Um, And it's not fair to put the pressure on them in the first place, even if they can handle it. Um, You know, Ida, you know, we've mentioned like his he he is had been able to handle his legacy pretty consistently. And but like when that legacy gets threatened, he reacts very badly to it. You know, it's 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 in a subtle way, once again, sort of like this emphasis of pure raw strength, because an Ida got defeated. So Mm -hmm. I have to avenge that. Mm -hmm. As opposed to looking forward on the fact that you need to worry about, you know, you can restore your legacy by what you accomplish. Mm hmm. You don't need to go backwards and try to correct or compensate for what happened in the past. You can say, okay, now the focus is on myself and what I accomplish in the future. Let, let's let's fix things going forward rather than trying to extract vengeance for the past. And Ida's a, Ida's a really uh, fun character in that, like, he seems like he should be the one who has everything handled. 
And the fact that he ends up in such a bad place mm -hmm. is really illustrative of how people can fall through the cracks in this society. Yeah. I wonder what their mental health support is like. Probably not great. <laughs> yeah. Then again, this is Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Just not forget about that. Um, but yeah, but there is there is a, a light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, he has such a great friend, you know, with Deku. Deku's there to support him. And you know. and Todoroki, too. Like, I mean... Yeah, Todoroki totally understands probably what Ida's going through. And it's yeah. just like, boy, you gotta, you gotta focus on yourself. That's what I have to do. I mean, look at my dad. My dad's a jerk. <laughs> look, at, look at all the hands that I've crushed. Yeah. We're very much seeing, like, this new generation is seeing laid bare the weaknesses of the society that they live in. Like, the way that the story frames Ida up until the Stain arc is very much like, this is, this is the guy who's got it all handled. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, uh, he does it <laughs> because he's he's uh, subject to, you know, the weaknesses of the society, just like everybody else. That is fundamentally, I think, the strength of uh, Hiroaka's characters, like in general, is mm -hmm. that a lot of them have like this archetype. You know, you have Deku, who's the good guy hero, but he has layers to him and he's quick to introduce and you can understand who he is. But the more time you spend with him, the more complex you see that he has always been. Goes double for Bakugo because it's the reason. Yeah, that's kind of why I really am looking forward to reading more. Um, maybe eventually I'll get on to see the anime. I know that, you know, it's going into what? It's fifth or sixth season? I think fifth. Yeah. So I have some catching up to do. I, I, I have catching up to do as well. I'm so <laughs> bad at that. <laughs> but yeah, so I a lot of the side characters, like especially like, I don't you know, I know their side characters because it's like, well, maybe you can say their side characters. I don't know if we're going to have more more interaction or more backstory exposed for them. It's just kind of at this point, I don't really have that much to really. Yeah, Aoyama. Aoyama is is very much like he's he's very funny. That's his function in the story. That is your function. You are the comedic relief. Yeah. Uh, Mina also has that same. I, like, I will say, I will say they're not forgotten, though, because one of the things that's great about uh, like Mina, and this also applies to Saro to a large extent, like during the cavalry battle, um, both Mina and Saro like very directly stood up to Bakugo's nonsense. Like he was like insulting them and, and giving them like, uh, mean nicknames and they're like hey i have a name which is in a lot of cases where the audience learned them too so kind of helpful in that <laughs> i just love how like except for is it karishima everyone else kind of kind of knows baku's game and calls him out on it and or ignores him even even kirishima too though because like he sees through bakugo because like bakugo puts on a front mm -hmm. and everyone else is like not having it and they're just like come on but it's like the cool thing about Kirishima and the way that like he interacts with Bakugo is that he very much um, is like, you don't have any friends and you're expressing a lot of this anger because you're lonely here. And like, you know, very much Bakugo was a big fish in a small pond. He is definitely near the top, if not the top of class 1A in general. It's kind of like because he's so intense, I'm pretty sure pretty much a, a large, a large segment if not the entire class can pick up on that 
big fish in, in a small pond mentality. It's like, Buying come from on, him, guy. Yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> he doesn't have to come out and say anything. It's kind of just like, okay, you're, you're this kid. You're this guy. And yeah. Like, I, it, like, Kirishima, like, he kind of understands that because of that, like, people avoid Bakugo. And he's like, eh, I'll be his friend. He, he, he's at least entertaining to be around, which I, I think is really cool. A really cool aspect of his character. Like, he, like, there's a reason why he's usually near the tops in the popularity polls. Because, like, you know, you always get those inexplicable characters who are, like, near the top in spite of not being a main character. And Kirishima is usually, like, super high in the popularity polls. And it's like, he, he's just such a nice guy. Like, yeah. he, like, Deku is another person that I would just want to have a, as a friend in real life. Sue is actually the same way, too. It is really noticeable that they give Sue more scenes in the anime. Or I shouldn't say they give her more scenes because they don't. What it is, is the scenes are more fleshed out. So you get more of her character because like I think the biggest emphasis in the manga that we got was um, her and Tokuyami's um, final exam stuff where you know, it seems like it's going to be another, oh, no, the boy is being sexist moment. And then it's like, nope, here was the plan all along. And like <laughs> being a frog girl, she just bounces along with it, like, you know, without a care in the world. Um, that gets it was also emphasized. another another favorite of mine. So you're, because she does kind of because of because of her quirk, she kind of has to think more strategically, because obviously a lot of in a lot of the um, circumstances, they are not in water in or around water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she has to use her powers in a creative way. Mm hmm. But I mean, she it, there are opportunities where she's kind of forced in that situation, which, while frustrating, is good because more <laughs> often than not, you're not going to have, you know, a marine battle all the time. <laughs> it's not going to be like, hold on, can we go under the beach? <laughs> yeah, even if you're a hero in a coastal city, there are going to be cases where you can't rely on being near the water. But, you know, like, like very much a water off the water off a duck's back type character. Just, you know, stuff happens. I'll deal with it. Yeah, she would definitely be a friend in my friend group that would just be like <laughs> that cool person. He's just like, yeah, yeah this is fine. Whatever. Whatever. Just, just deal with it. Toru um, is in the same boat uh, as Aoyama, where she's just kind of there to be funny. I have a personal theory that she actually might be more important later on in stuff that I've not watched or read yet, but I don't, you know, she hasn't really done much yet. I mean, Kaminari is fun. Like, can we can we just talk about how, like, hilarious he is? His power has a beautiful detriment to, you know, essentially he has to recharge after, what, one or two discharges? He can on contact shock people, but he can't do it at a range without frying his own brain, which like yes. that's not that much of a downgrade, but it is a downgrade. <laughs> uh. Jiro's another character that I think got a little bit more emphasized in the anime because it's like I, I'm, I'm thinking about like the stuff that she did and it's like, oh, well, she's a really endearing character. I like her a lot, but like a bunch of stuff that she did was like in stuff in like the final exam arc that in the manga just wasn't there. Because, like, her and Kota, poor Kota, he sure exists. Like, their final exam was introducing Kota as a character. And then it's like, hey, you know that weakness we just said you had? Don't have it anymore. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas just it's like an actual that. episode in the in the anime. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you look at like, you know, I have the I have the list here. 
Ojiro has the same case where it's like, I want to know more about him, but he just hasn't done much. He's just the kid with the tail. He's the kid with the tail. And it's like, I feel like there's a I feel like there's an interesting character in there, but like he hasn't really done anything yet. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel with a good number of them. A lot of them. Yeah, like they're they're very simple characters. No, um, Tokoyami is pretty, yeah. pretty. He's pretty. He partners with um, with Deku um, when no one else, you know, everyone else is clear. And he's like, hey, I'll be your I'll be your partner. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't care that he's putting a target on his own back. He recognizes Deku's abilities. I feel like Shoji, um, Sato and Kota are the only characters that don't really feel like they're like overflowing with potential as characters. So uh, Kota is the guy with the rock, uh, like the spike head that can talk to animals. Sato is the guy who you don't remember what his powers are, but he gets strong when he eats sugar is his actual power. He barely ever speaks in any version. And um, Shoji is the guy with like the um, he can like make mouths and eyes on his arms. Those are the only characters that don't feel like they have any like particular and like, you know, even then Kota's anime episode is actually quite good. Um, but uh, Tokoyami is actually a really good example of a character where um, like here's this character I want to learn more about. And like he's sidelined for the first like two or three arcs. And then we get to the sports festival and he's the only one willing to approach Deku and be like, hey, I'll be your partner. You know, you get these you get these like really uh, stock characters and the more you interact with them, the more. Kind of like an RPG. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Like an R- a run of the mill JRPG. <laughs> and this is a nice thing about Hiroaka is just like you have these really simple characters that, you know, the more you delve into them, the more interesting they become and really great series. Are we forgetting oh, someone? We might be forgetting someone. I don't know. I've been saving him for last for obvious reasons. That will become apparent. Oh, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> good. Uh, I guess I, I guess we have to I guess we have to talk about Mineta now. <laughs> yep um well yes so we, this is what we really think of this character i mean i think we expressed our, our we expressed ourselves in both episodes previously about our very strong feelings <laughs> towards Mineta, but once again and again i know there has to be a literary reason that He's so concentrated that that is. I don't think there is. That's why I don't like him. But it's 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 the fact that it's almost too. It's too much is my one complaint. It's like they took all of the negative negative traits, the the negative tropes of male characters in a manga and put it into one body and 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 dial it up to a billion. And it's just not and like here's the other thing he's not funny like i'm sorry but his jokes aren't funny like i think that's the difference between a character like him and master roshi quite frankly is that roshi's funny mineta just isn't (laughs) i mean the one positive thing is apparent um that was um laid clear i think it was during their brand development class where mineta was like envisioning his name what did he decide like um Grape juice. 
Grape juice. Yeah, he's already thinking of brand deals and stuff like that. So, I mean, at least... And he's proven himself to be quite intelligent. He's not a dummy. I wish there was more of um, final exam Mineta than everything else Mineta. Mm-hmm. Just dial it back a little bit, Mineta. Yeah. Dial it back, and then I will start to have any ounce of respect I, for you. I will, I will loathe him slightly less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, for me, that's pretty much that rounds out um, my thoughts on class 1A so far. Yeah, I hope I don't think we're forgetting any. Well, no, I, I, know, I, 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 I absolutely know there are more students in class 1A, but as far as exposition. And, well, there's there's class 1B, but we don't like we only know like two characters from them. Yeah, from they're in the class. same category as um as characters like Sato and Kota. All right. Well, thank you, Jacob. It's been it's <laughs> been adventure. great. It's been an adventure. And again, I apologize for my brain not working and not being able to think of of terms. Sometimes <laughs> it really does be like that where I just my, get stuck. <laughs> my brain rarely works, so. <laughs> All right, well, we'll wrap up another side, uh, a side quest to OverMangaCast. Hope you enjoyed, everyone, and feel free to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, contact us on Facebook with uh, any other discussion topics you want to hear us uh, go over. We'd love to hear from you about that. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.